dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in God's country crops far as I can see headlights on both ends of my day this country life is for me ride with us HPJ ride with us to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Associate Editor Jennifer M. Latsky, and I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Associate Editor Kayleen Scott. Hey, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. Well, happy 4th of July to you, Kayleen. Same to you. <laughs> um, we're recording this on the 3rd, so um, you'll forgive us if we haven't had our, our annual artillery barrage just yet. Um <laughs> How's it looking out at your place? Have you have you stopped and bought fireworks just yet? No. No? I avoid the drive down that side of the highway <laughs> like the plague because the boys want fireworks and I don't want to spend money on them. So we've reached an age where despite you not showing them a calendar, they know what's on the calendar? Yeah, they do. Dang it. Sean's been asking when the 4th of July is for the last month and I'm like, the 4th of July. <laughs> He's a bright one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we got fair coming up in a couple of weeks, so I'm trying to save a little back. <laughs> yeah, they're going to want to do a, a carnival ride or two and have some corn dogs and yep, yep, yep. yep. All sorts of fun. Well, hey, um, have you heard the latest? Uh, no, actually, you probably haven't because I still have cable TV. You don't have cable TV, so you don't get the commercials, but... There's this there's this fireworks stand that's running a commercial in this area that's offering frequent shopper discount cards. <laughs> this must be your neighbors. <laughs> Evidently. If you have a frequent shopper discount card to a fireworks stand, you might be a redneck. Or you might have a problem. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm guessing your landlord's going to be asking you come August, so where's my rent money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to profile, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are perfectly responsible with their financial <laughs> obligations come July, but here's the thing. I love fireworks. I just have no wish to purchase them. Yeah. I'm okay with viewing them from other uh, from afar. I'm okay with, you know, an annual fireworks display at Dodge City. For years I had the best seat in the house for Dodge City's fireworks display. And then they moved it this year yep. down to back the to the Roundup Arena because we had some new construction and now they're too close with the fireworks to newly constructed buildings. Is it a permanent move or is I, it? It's a permanent move. There's no way that they can go back to where they were because we expanded the junior high. Yeah. So it is what it is. I no longer have the best seat in the house for the fireworks display. <laughs> I'm a little sad, actually, because that was the best part was, you know, I didn't have to have a big, giant 4th of July blowout barbecue at my house. Everybody else had those at their houses. And they would come to your house. They'd just come to my house and sit and watch the fireworks. You came out one year, a couple of years, Last right? Last year we came. Yeah. I made the mistake of driving around the street to the next <laughs> block and... I don't think you have to worry about not having any fireworks in your neighborhood because the yeah. neighbors to the east are a little 
excessive. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we used to sit and watch their displays after the main display. Yeah. For hours afterwards until about one o'clock in the morning. And that's with a cop living in our neighborhood, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I was completely shocked by her neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It makes a lot of noise. Let's just, let's yeah. just leave it at that. There's and, a lot of noise. <laughs> and your poor dog, is she surviving yet? Maggie Mayhem. You have to understand, Maggie Mayhem is a nickname that's ironic because this dog is anything but Mayhem. <laughs> she is very chill. She's very, you know, sweet and sleepy and cuddly. Until the loud last noises. week of June. <laughs> oh my gosh. It sounds like we are storming the beaches of Normandy in my backyard <laughs> and has since last Friday and will until next Monday. Yep. Until they blow everything up. And this dog, we call it Boom Boom Season. <laughs> she is not a fan of Boom Boom Season. <laughs> we have clonazepam. We have, you know, we're, we're I hold her. You this, can take her to the fellow's house or is it as bad over there? It's almost as bad over there. But it's not quite as bad. But then, yeah, then my dog's away from me for a full week. And yeah. Garrett's like, I don't know. <laughs> You can't win. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Happy 4th of July. Be careful out there. Make sure you have running water or a bucket full of water to make sure that uh, you don't burn the house down. I will yeah. yeah. I will never forget the very first year I had fireworks at my house. I had barely owned the house two full months. <laughs> and my friends come over. And one of my friends, she doesn't normally get to show um, set off fireworks because she's usually on the road with her family carnival. And that was the year that she shot off a firework and it almost hit the house. (laughs) (laughs) We still call that the year Stacy almost burned down my brand new house. (laughs) Yeah. My dad was a little bit of a firebug and he loved the 4th of July. And my mother, on the other hand, hated it. And just because of the amount of money he would spend on fireworks and when I was a kid, they didn't have these gigantic packs. They had the family pack, which was this huge box of a variety of fireworks. To very much a boom-boom pack. Yes. He would buy the three of us, each one. Us girls would each get our own family pack, and we would be out in the yard until probably midnight shooting fireworks off. And <laughs> Mom and the dog would be hiding because they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad was never much big on fireworks and it was mostly because we were always in the middle of wheat harvest yeah um, back where I grew up wheat harvest back then would typically start about the first week of June middle of June or so um, and depending on the size of equipment that you had you could be cutting until the middle of July yeah and there were several years where we watched fireworks displays from the top of a combine cap yeah ours was usually the middle of June so if you were cutting 4th of July, you were late. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple years that it was like that. It was pretty wet. Uh, yeah. Well, there was one year Dad burned up a combine. <laughs> <laughs> Had your own fireworks. Yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. By the way, please be sure that all your fire extinguishers are charged and ready to go, folks, if yes. you're listening to this. Um, make a note. Ask Siri to remind you to look at your fire or your fire extinguishers <laughs> not your fireworks <laughs> maybe ask siri to look at those too yeah, i don't know <laughs> um yeah so i saw that there's a forecast for rain later on this week so get it in gear kids 
get that harvest out while you can. I, you know, you race in the rain for everything, it seems like yeah. this year. The pastures are needing a drink, so I'm not too <laughs> concerned about rain. <laughs> yeah, cows are pretty waterproof. Yeah. Well, for the most part. For the most part, they are, but the grass needs to grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, you know, I kind of miss not having um, harvest duties. There are times where I really do kind of miss mom and dad not being on the farm anymore and being able to go home and mm-hmm. and ride a combine with my dad or haul grain with my mom, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's – I always was the one that was in charge of cooking. By the time I was old enough to drive, mom just handed that over to me because she was busy driving grain um, trucks to and from the elevator. But that's how I – you know, we've talked about this before. That's how I learned to cook. Did you ever have any favorite meals out in your field? Well, my mom, she was a, a good cook, but mm-hmm. she just, she was busy helping too. She yep. would drive the grain cart. She would drive the trucks. And I think my dad's favorite harvest meal was probably Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Somebody would go to town and get it. Or there was a, a restaurant, Cimarron, that you could get to go orders. Uh-huh. And they had the best hamburgers and french fries. And it, when we cut weight over east of Cimarron we would always go and get a uh, burger and fries from the bar and Mm -hmm. that was a treat (laughs) (laughs) but dad liked his water jug full of water and sometimes you'd slip a can of pop in there you know and he he really liked his Pepsi and his sweets so (laughs) so he'd he'd keep a can of pop inside of his ice cold water jug yeah that's ingenious (laughs) I don't know why my dad never thought of that yeah (laughs) well um, my favorite meal to make was always either um, some, it was always usually a casserole of some sort. Dad liked to have a hot meal in the middle of the day. Um, he always came home really, really late, so he wanted sandwiches at night, but noon was the main meal. Yeah. And it had to be a hot meal, and he really hated it if we had sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't complain a lot, you know. <laughs> he wasn't a complainer, but you definitely heard a, you know, you could make spaghetti tomorrow. <laughs> but that was the time to shine. That was the time yeah. where, you know, you took a little bit of extra time on some recipes. You maybe put something in the crock pot. Um, it seemed like summer was just always so busy yeah. around our farm. You know? You could be like Diana and bring it to work and cook it and then take it home oh. as she leaves. And then you, we here at the office have to smell her wonderful oh. cooking. <laughs> Y'all... Harvest time at High Plains Journal with our wonderful, wonderful co-worker, Diana Durstein. She is an amazing cook. And she cooks for the harvest crews. And she always plans out her menus. And she's doing that while she's designing the pages of the paper. She's yeah. multitasking and, and taking care of all that. But it's easier for her to start lunch or to start supper here at the High Plains Journal, in our offices, we have a kitchen fully stocked with a, a stove and a range and everything. And she can get that meal prepped and ready to go all day long. And just so get haul her, it home. And haul it home with her. <laughs> and it's and it saves her about an hour's worth of time oh, yeah. because she lives about 20 minutes away from the journal. So it's perfect. The problem is, like <laughs> Haleen says, we get to smell this delicious <laughs> meal all day long. Yeah. The first meal she made was pulled pork. Yeah. And I'm telling you folks, I'm a cattleman's daughter, but 
holy cow, she almost made me a convert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had ham in the oven the other day, and I was like, what is that? Oh, man. She's like, did you check it? No, I didn't touch it. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't touching it. <laughs> So we'll have to um, we'll have to make sure that she sends out her recipes of some sort. We um, we'll have to po- post the recipe for that um, the that pulled, pulled pork. pork onto the HPJ Talk Facebook page and our Twitter page. Hey, if you haven't already, go follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we're always sharing some things that we see um, around the the Twitterverse, the the social social spheres. Um. So we talked about this the other day, still talking about harvest. Did you ever have family members, extended family, come out to harvest with you guys? Some of our cousins that lived in Oklahoma came out a few times, but they were quite a bit older than we were. So it was mostly just our five, you know, nuclear mm-hmm. family. And then sometimes my grandpa from Spearville would come help. And it was just usually the family. Yeah. You know, I, ours was kind of the same way. Um, most of my mom's siblings, they lived outside of the state of Kansas, so they weren't really much around during harvest season. Um, dad's sister, she and her family lived in Western Kansas. They had their own harvest going. Um, and so it was, it was mostly just us five and, uh, grandma and grandpa Latsky. Um, sometimes my grandma and grandpa Clark would come out during the harvest, uh, harvest time. And my grandpa Clark, he was an old farmer himself. And he loved to ride the combine mm-hmm. with my dad. And um, he, he always loved to look at the crops on his way out to, to visit us. And he and dad would talk about things. I remember vividly, you know, comments like, hey, that Milo looks pretty good. Or what'd you do to those soybeans? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I've noticed among all of our friends that are in the middle of harvest right now that have family members from afar coming visit them we see a lot more of that now and I think it's because families are a lot more spread out Um, you've got this you know multiple generations that live off the farm but they still dip their toe back Mm -hmm. in when when times call for it you know all hands on deck kind of thing but have you noticed that there are certain jobs that you get if you are not living on the farm (laughs) And, yeah. and a lot of it has to do, <laughs> a lot of it has to do with your proximity to the farm. So like the farther away that you live, say you live in Kansas City, you're pretty much going to be a grain truck driver and going back and <laughs> forth. All you have to do is go back and forth, driving in a straight line. We don't even make you back up the truck kind of thing, right? Yeah. Okay. If you're younger and you're maybe spending the, the whole summer with your grandparents or your aunt and uncle or whatever... You're going to start learning how to drive a grain cart. (laughs) And maybe, just maybe, they'll let you get in the combine and take a couple of corners or so. Yeah, the the combine is like the epitome of (laughs) tasks when it comes to to harvest. If harvest was a military operation, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the the combine driver would be your general. (laughs) And uh, they they pretty much make sure that everything is going as smoothly and according to plan. And typically, whoever's driving that combine is the oldest one with the most experience. And and he writes the checks and, and says, I'm driving the combine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or you could get the peon job like I did, which was going for parts or going for food and stuff in town and being the gopher. <laughs> hey, you know what? Gophers work, too. In fact, I was an excellent gopher. 
I think I've told you the story many times that it is typically from the place that I grew up to Cal or to Clay Center, Kansas is probably at most maybe 45 to maybe an hour drive. I made it in 35 minutes, <laughs> 10 seconds. I made it so fast that the parts guy was on the phone with my dad because my dad <laughs> called him after I'd left to say, oh, by the way, I forgot this. So added on to that ticket, right? Yeah. The guy's on the phone with my dad. And he goes, well, Larry, she just drove in. It's <laughs> like, who? Oh, no, 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 buddy. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I get this. What the heck? <laughs> nice. So that's where you got all your driving skills from. Hey, you know what? The man said, hurry. <laughs> and when the man said, hurry, you hurried. I was not dawdling. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Um, it is harvest season. We want y'all to be safe out there. I know that we're we're asking you to, to hurry. I know that there's that drive to get in, get out, um, get the crop in. But y'all, no matter, I don't know how many times we got to say this, but we're going to keep saying it. Don't take shortcuts. Turn off equipment before you start, you know, unslugging the combine and, yeah. and some things. So please, 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 please be very safe. Try as best as you can. I know that it looks good to sit some kids in a bin for pictures or a grain cart for pictures. Let's just be safe with our photos. You know, yeah. um, buddy seats are there for a reason. So strap, strap the kids in. Just, just be careful. We, you know, we've already had one fatality here in Kansas. So yeah, we just want you all to come home safe and sound. The, the harvest will wait for safety. Yes. We would like to hear from our listeners. You can always drop us a line at hpjtalk at hpj.com and let us know what you're up to in your area. Or you can always call us at the office, 1-800-452-7171. Well, in this week's episode, we're going to bring you the stories that you might have missed in the July 1st print edition. We'll have updates from the harvest field from our All Aboard Wheat Harvest crews, courtesy of our friends at KFRM. Then, of course, Kayleen's going to bring us the latest on grain markets, and we'll have some final thoughts. So, happy birthday, America. Right, Kayleen? Right. And thanks for choosing to ride with us on HPJ Talk. This week's cover story is from Managing Editor Dave Bergmeier. Faces of Challenge 2017 Ag Census provides a glimpse into communities. Dave spoke with folks on the ground in rural America about the trends that we're seeing in the countryside and what that might mean for farm communities and farm families. One common theme, retaining youth in rural communities. When the average age for all producers is now 57 and a half years old, young people may not be coming back to farm, but there are ways schools can introduce them to other ways that they can live and contribute in their communities. Inside, on page 1B, Jenny has coverage from the U.S. House of Representatives General Farm Commodities and Risk Management Subcommittee hearing June 20th. 
The hearing was to see how ad hoc disaster aid compares to federal farm safety, net programs, and crop insurance when it comes to helping farmers in disaster. On pages 8 to 10b, we have updates from our all aboard wheat harvest crews from the road, brought to us by John Deere, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, Unverfurth Manufacturing, and High Plains Journal. And for added photos, videos, and the popular combine cam, visit online at allaboardharvest.com. This week, Tracy Ziorian writes about rain delays in Chase, Kansas that are keeping them home. Laura Hafner writes from North Central Texas about a visit from the staff and young women from the Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children who all visited them in the field. Lindsay Orgain writes about the joy of hot meals in the field. And Janelle Shemper writes from Weatherford, Oklahoma, and says wheat there is making 15 to 45 bushels per acre. On our opinions and editorial page, 4B, Jenny has the editorial space with a year without pay, looking at the financial differences between retail jobs and farming. Seymour clearly writes about the Democratic presidential candidates and their responses to living on the campaign trail. And David Murray has a review of author Amanda Little's The Fate of Food, what we'll eat in a bigger, hotter, smarter world. And Jenny, you might have noticed a change in the home and family pages. That's right, Kayleen. I noticed that you swapped out the popular home plans for a new feature, Featured Properties. For years, we've shown you house plans that you could dream of building one day and with fantasy kitchens, large pantries, mudrooms, and more. Well, now we're going to be showing you farm and ranch properties that are already constructed and available to purchase. These dream properties are located throughout our coverage area, and we hope you enjoy, and they spark some ideas for your own properties. In the livestock section, contributor Lacey Newland brings us a warning for producers about herd health concerns that come from cattle standing in water long periods of time. And Kayleen, you have a preview of Dr. Stephen Myers, technical sales specialist for Purina Animal Nutrition. He's going to be speaking at Cattle U July 31st and August 1st in Dodge City, right? Right. And remember, you can still register for the, the first ever Cattle U and Trade Show at www.cattleu.net. While you're registering, don't forget to purchase discounted tickets to our world-famous PRCA Roundup Rodeo during Dodd City Days. Folks, if you have a response to something you've read or heard, or there's a local topic that you want to bring the, to the attention of our readers and listeners, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. Or you can always call us at 1-800-452-7171. We want to hear from you. Dwayne Thames doing it once again. It's time for an all aboard wheat harvest update brought to you by High Plains Journal, John Deere, and Ververth Manufacturing, and Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Chance to catch up again with Tracy Zirian. Zirian Harvesting as they wrap up uh, their first stop and uh, prepare to, to head down the road. Tracy finally got to some hot weather, a little wind with it, and uh, you guys got your harvest season underway. We did finally. We we got down to uh, the the chase area. Uh, we could go on Monday, and we thought we would probably have 
at least to the end of the week before we'd get started, but um, it was a surprise. We started Wednesday afternoon and, and never quit until last night, so so we are ready to move to Garden City, and by the looks of it, we've got one trip already made. They are already starting out there if they haven't done it for a day or two already. Far as harvesting conditions uh, for you there at Chase, uh, things go pretty well, at least in terms of uh, field carrying the machinery, or did you run into some mud holes and, and problems in that regard? <laughs> well, we did pretty good for about the first oh, three days, four days, and then we found a field that just couldn't keep anything up. We got our combine stuck three times, and the farmer got his stuck a couple times, and we got the grain cart stuck, so it was it was time to get the heck out of there. We kind of patched around so that it's not a lot left for for anybody to go back and, and pick up. But other than that one particular day, we've had really good cutting conditions. It's been a little bit hot, but that's what we needed to get get going. And and as far as the yields go, we were in parts of the parts of fields that were cutting eighty plus bushel wheat and it was just absolutely amazing. But then in this area, and I know you know this, there was some flooding that took place and the farmers' fields are right along the Cow Creek and it where the areas that got flooded, there's still wheat. It looks beautiful standing, but there's absolutely nothing in the heads. So that brought the yields down a lot. Far as uh, your next opportunity, headed out to, to Garden City. I know that uh, you were uh, were loading up machinery, and and I know that's always a stressful time for harvesters uh, when you hit the highways. Yes, moving day is pretty much one of the most stressful days, I think, in a harvester's career. You've got so many things that need to make sure that's been done. And then once you get on the road, you've got the tires that are on the road. And it's just that, oh, that moving is horrible. And once you get back into the field, it's it's all good again. But, yes, very stressful. So thank goodness for the clouds this morning because that helps. The heat's been pretty tough to make it even a little bit worse. Any uh, idea of what uh, you're anticipating at uh, at the next stop at Garden City? It looks like a really good crop, Dwayne. Um, the farmer has already got started, and, and from what I understand, they, they're cutting 70, 80 bushel dryland wheat. So I'm thinking that it could be really good yields and, and fun to get the combine in and watch the, the wheat roll through the to the bin. So it, it, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and, and while I'm thinking about that, we got the combine cam, the all aboard wheat harvest combine cam, up and running. So it's been doing pretty consistently streaming and, and not having too many issues. So go to allaboardharvest.com to watch what's going on. Our thanks to Tracy Zerian, Zerian Harvesting, on the All Aboard Wheat Harvest update. As she referenced, you can go to allaboardharvest.com, check out the blogs, pictures, and videos and such from all the correspondents on the tour once again this year. Catching up with Laura Hafner with High Plains Harvesting. Laura, a bit uh, scattered at this point. Uh, It seems like it always happens. You get combines going in a number of directions trying to get to stops, particularly when uh, when things slowed down with some mud in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma actually still remains pretty muddy, but we're moving out of there and heading up to Southwest Kansas. We hope to be cutting in that Rolla area here soon and maybe even as far as southeast Colorado by the weekend. Other places, I uh, understand that you got a couple of machines around uh, Kiowa, the, not very far east of there. They had big rain over the weekend again. 
It uh, seems kind of like uh, the uh, the common theme everywhere is uh, is wet ground and, and tough cutting conditions. You're absolutely right. I'm, I'm not sure who's immune to it. <laughs> I wish we were, but we aren't. We've been fighting those muddy conditions there at Kiowa. It's pretty decent wheat. We're on a 50 bushel per acre range, so that's nice, but we're really having to earn it there with fighting the mud and you know pulling out, and I guess that's just part of it this year. Talking about uh, working into southwest Kansas, I know there were some areas that uh, had extensive hail uh, over the weekend, uh, and it seems like it's the time of the year where we have to dodge that big white combine as well. Absolutely. It sounds like there's still some good wheat to be had out there, but there's definitely some pockets that that weren't immune to the white combine, as you call it, and, and that's really tough, especially where we're just days away, I know, and um, that Gray County area, we know some people that, that were just absolutely wiped out. And it's just so hard to see and heartbreaking this time of year when you're so close to that end, that end product. You talk a little bit about uh, moving days. Uh, those are always challenging as well. Uh, and hopefully getting down the highways uh, safely uh, is a big concern when you kind of have the kind of equipment that, that custom harvesters are moving. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, when you have that many wheels on the ground and guys behind the wheel, you know, you just hope that everything goes as well as possible and everybody stays safe. So hopefully our guys will do their part in watching out for, for those driving around them. And we appreciate everybody who looks out for the big trucks and all the equipment and passes with care. And we, um, we just hope that everybody stays safe. Our thanks to Laura Hafner, High Plains Harvesting, joining us on the All Aboard Wheat Harvest updates. You can check out all the correspondence, uh, the blogs, uh, video updates uh, from the Combine Cab and pictures as well at the website allaboardharvest.com. It's brought to you by High Plains Journal, John Deere, Unferverth Manufacturing, and Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. For KFRM, I'm Dwayne Thames. Have a great day. Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on June 25th. Corn was down at $4.28. Wheat was at $4.25 with no change. Milo was down at $3.78 and soybeans were down at $7.64. Hey folks, for the first time we're combining our popular sorghum U and wheat U into one main event. Packed with valuable speakers all on August 14th at the Kansas Star Event Center, Mulvane, Kansas. Register online at sorghumu.com or at wheatu.com, and we'll see you there. Next week's print issue of High Plains Journal is our equine issue with a story from Kayleen. Be sure to watch for that in your mailboxes July 8th, and look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com slash podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at hpjtalk for news and commentary throughout the week. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hpjtalk at hpj.com. Thanks again for riding along with us, folks, as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail.
This has been a production of High Plains Journal. All rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck. Saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country. Crops far as I can see. Headlights on both ends of my day. This country.